laughing big heads Dreaming about a premiership cup We love our clubs but they never win Two flags in 100 years The shit house if you think we'll be insightful Clever or just well researched We're here to say that's not the case We'll just go out and wing it We are two guys, one cup it is Wednesday, August 11. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL-adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And uh, I don't know about you, Will, but I feel like I just want this season to be over now. It feels like things are getting icky now. I've got the Taylor Walker thing. Bruce has done his knee. We don't know if we're going to have a crowd at the grand final. I think what started off with a lot of optimism, and this is not even a St. Kilda thing, like whatever, we're probably not going to play finals. I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about the mood in general. I feel like the mood of half the country is permeating into the AFL. Like when you hear people talking about where is my team even playing this weekend? Will there be crowds at the grand final? Will Buddy kick his thousandth goal at the grand final in front of no one? It feels icky. And I just sort of want this year to be wrapped up and let's just reset. Almost like, what's the point? Yeah. (laughs) Like, I mean, I'm very lucky if the Bulldogs made it this year, because I have considered this, obviously, um, that, you know, what, what is it like if, you know, the Bulldogs make the grand final and I don't have the opportunity to go and watch them at the grand final? I would obviously be very disappointed about that, but I would understand it. I got 26 today. But if you're a Melbourne fan, like imagine mm. if Melbourne win the fucking premiership this year and they have to play it in front of me. Imagine if the MCG lay down the smack and say, nah, you've got to play at the MCG regardless of whether you can get their crowds there or not. And Melbourne win their first premiership in fucking forever in front of an empty MCG. <laughs> Actually, I'm warming to this idea. <laughs> I mean, it was, I think it was Mick Malthouse last year who came out and said, oh, whoever wins the premiership in 2020, there's going to be an asterisk. It's in a real premiership. And I was like, oh, get fucked, you old prick. Like, whoever wins it this year has, like, worked harder than anyone. But now I'm the old prick. I'm like, oh, I don't know about this year anymore. It just feels like we have bigger fish to fry. And, and football in the grand scheme of things seems just like so the, the, the last of our priorities like I mean I know, I know Dave Hughes cops a lot of shit online for his views on you know uh, lockdowns and, and so forth but he does make a good point which is like when you see teams flying in and out of Melbourne all the time this radical double standard and you know I have a wife who isn't really interested in sport or football but works in the arts and she gets really, really annoyed to say, so how, how come they're able to travel to Perth? Like, she had a job in Perth that got cancelled two weeks ago, but she's seeing football teams going in and out. And I understand it's entertainment and it's taking our mind off it, but I just feel like there's this general, I don't know, angst in the community. And I just don't know about how this year is going to end. I get what you and Husey are saying, but I, I guess the, I think that the exception around the athletes is that they're in a, highly attuned medical environment mm. so if like directors or stand-up comedians or whatever you know like because i'm like also in this boat like yeah. i enjoy watching the afl but my livelihood has been taken away by not being able to be afforded the same travelers afl players get so i am in the same predicament but i'm not surrounded by doctors all the time i'm not surrounded by people monitoring my health and keeping us in cocoon conditions and being able to fly 20 or 30 people at the same time and you know like make it a little bubble that everybody operates in like i think Mm. they are operating at a higher 
medical environment than just like directors or comedians or whatever. You're right. You're right. You know, they're surrounded by medical experts. They're in these protected little bubbles, but occasionally you just want to go to a strip club and get a kebab. And uh... <laughs> I mean, <laughs> sure. There's exceptions to the rule. <laughs> I mean, look, commiserations. I, I, I saw uh, Josh Bruce go down in the final oh. seconds of that game, and it was just Ooh. like he is—he is the—he has been the unexpected kind of um, human interest story of 2021. I reckon he's always been a bit of a two guys one cup favorite. Yeah, like Josh Bruce. Like, I mean, obviously he played for both of our clubs. You had that great story about like his parents at the footy, and like. <laughs> But also, he was just that guy that was never more epitomized than when he did that trip goal from the boundary and then <laughs> tripped over a suitcase that just happened to be on the boundary line. Like, that's Josh Bruce. And as I messaged you when it happened, I was like, if it had happened that way, if yeah. somebody was making a funny Instagram video and he kicked a trick goal and he fell over a suitcase and he did his fucking ACL, then you'd be like, yeah, that's Josh Bruce. But instead, we've got this story of this season's Josh Bruce, who was this mm. guy who got himself in the best shape he's ever been in his entire life. He's second or whatever in the Coleman medal. But I think the biggest compliment to Josh Bruce is I, at the moment, can't see the Bulldogs winning in the premiership in the way that I could see them winning it with Josh Bruce there because his value to that forward line and the role that he plays in it, it's very hard to go, how does Bevo shift around like the magnets to cover what Josh Bruce brings to that forward line because it's his experience and like muscle and like all that thing that allows you Cody Waitman's but allows you like Norton's Aaron and those Norton guys as well, right? Yeah. And you can have a Jamara because you had Josh Bruce who's just like battering ram become this absolute reliable, like valuable player. And it's been amazing to watch it happen this season, him finally to kind of get his shit together and play the sort of football that he'd always promised that he could be. And then in that last moment of the it's, game when yeah. nothing mattered, like for it to happen in such an innocuous way. But I will say this, could I just, by the way, and maybe this is just me getting soft in fucking lockdown and having more <laughs> compassion, but the way that Essendon players stayed with him to look after him and weren't celebrating what was actually a really great victory for them and important their season, I thought was admirable. If you're yeah. talking about us getting to the end of the season with the Taylor Walker stuff where it makes you feel really horrible about the game that you love. Um, I think those Essendon players sticking around with Brucey to look after him was like a positive story. Yeah, I mean, it was great of the Essendon players to do that. Maybe not as well thought out was whoever the uh, Essendon player's wife or, or girlfriend is who, uh, to support her husband, you know, filmed a, an Instagram story at the end of the game celebrating the, the Bombers' unexpected win over the Bulldogs. But in the background, all you have is Josh Bruce in agony holding his knee and it looks like she's celebrating him doing his ACL. Uh, oops. Oops. <laughs> Probably. Oops. Should, should see what's on the TV behind me before I hit record. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, that was it was good, but I I feel this is your fault in some way, Will, because you have okay. been persistently pushing this idea that the Bulldogs are the underdogs, that you know, know you're actually up against it, and now you really are up against it. I, I just think that you've been battling injuries the whole season, as everyone knows. You've played more players than anyone else, and now you've you've got a, a weakened back line that's undersized, and now you have a weakened forward line. If you guys were to win this, it would be one of the most storied grand final victories of all time because you are so banged up 
and there are so many question marks now all over the field. And, you know, the, the, the fairy tale would be for Jamara, not necessarily he has to step up for a final series, but if you get to the grand final and he has a Tom Boyd-esque type game, you only need to kick two goals, but just be that kind of player, then it could be incredible. I mean, that's what it opens up. Yeah. So if you want to be a dreamer, um, normally my set position is keep a lid on it, distract by pointing at other teams. You know that. But in this moment where we're back to being an underdog, let me give you my dream scenario. Yeah, I want to hear it. It is twofold. The Bulldogs make the grand final, makeshift forward line. They toss it around. They play small some weeks. They play tall some weeks. Josh Shackey solidifies his role like down in the back line and becomes like a, you know, like our best backman. Jamara steps up in the finals, like, you know, starts like the finals make him, he's a, he's a Friday night's light, night lights player, right? He's only really here for the finals. This is where like (laughs) Jamara starts to do his best work, right? Like that happens. And then on grand final day, Josh Shackey is thrown forward and kicks the winning oh, goal. Yeah, they love That's it. That's my, I'd be like, Bont wins the Brownlow and the Norm Smith. <laughs> 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 yeah, but like Melbourne clearly looked like they had that period of time where, you know, we talked about training loads and those sort of things. It might not have been a training load thing, but it feels like Melbourne had that bit in the middle of the season where they, just kind of relaxed a bit, and now they're starting to switch it back on. Yeah, and they've got a healthy list. I mean, if the Bombers were to make the final eight, and they could, you know, it's between, it feels like it's mm-hmm. between uh, GWS, Richmond, and the Bombers for that last spot in the eight now. You better hope you don't come up against a certain two-metre <laughs> forward from the Bombers. <laughs> I mean, if you're talking about Josh Bruce turning his career around and just becoming like the forward that we all thought he could be, I mean, Peter Wright, top 10 draft pick Peter Wright, who, we, you know, he was a favourite of our show at the start, mainly because of the two-metre thing. <laughs> but what a game. Like, he looked like he was the most dangerous forward in the league. Unstoppable. Like, it actually had me scratching my head going like, has he always been this good? And it's just like, he's only just put it together? Or is this a flash in the pan? Like, that was an incredible game. The way he was slotting him from outside 50 just didn't look like missing at all. If you're a tall, I mean, his kicking was amazing. So Incredible. That, that is regardless of who he was playing. His kicking was really fantastic. But here's what I would say on a broader note. If you are an oversized forward who wants to kick yourself into some form, the Bulldogs are a good team. To yeah, totally. Like, there's not, like, once you get hot, there's not much we can do about it. Yeah. Basically, our whole plan is to stop you getting hot. Yeah. We'll try to not let the ball come down your end. Because once the ball comes down your end, our complete strategy is hope you drop it at best. Speaking of the Giants, um, how does Toby Green get to have a little chat with Joel Selwood so they can just change, just exchange some notes? Because Toby's got to work out what what Joel has over the umpires or over the tribunal because it is staggering that Joel Selwood gets away with a fine. And Toby Green, I'm just, I've been hitting refresh all night just trying to see how his appeal goes tonight because, you know, he got down from two to one. Now they're yeah. appealing that one. I love Toby Green. 
I think he's the most entertaining like footballer going around at the moment. And he's you know, we a talk- very, 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 very good footballer. But we like, talked I think, a few weeks like ago everyone- about him being <laughs> everyone- one of those guys that you go to see and you were saying, I think that maybe the AFL would be pulling a few strings. It makes absolutely no sense, that was true, that they would not be pulling strings to get Toby Green off because he is the most entertaining footballer going around at the moment. He can do everything. Including throw a few elbows. Every now I mean, and then. it is actually like I mean, I'm not like a full on, you know, Toby Green truther. Like, yeah. you know, I'm not in Tianon, as some people <laughs> from the Greater Western Sydney supporting community seem to be, where it's a complete plot by the Victorian clubs to, you know, the Toby Green rule. I don't subscribe to that completely, but he does not get an easy time from the umpires. When you watch them play, like he earns every fucking free kick he gets. Like yeah. and like and, the, and, and, the, and there's certain players who, you know, like if you think about the the enforcers of the past, like David Reese Jones, if there was a fifty fifty yeah. line ball decision, the umpire's always gonna say, Well, I think your intent was to hurt, so I'm gonna like, you know, penalize you. And I think Toby Green's in that category where I mean, I don't even know, form. is he reported in the game or is it only Matt was it only in the review that he got cited? I don't know. I, I I think maybe only in the review, but I'm not 100% sure. But that, that Joel Selwood hit, like, I just can't get over the fact that, sure, the guy got up and played on. I think that's obviously the reason why it was just a fine. But he's been in trouble a few times this year. And that was just like, there was no, they, we always get told that if you elect to bump, you got to protect the head. Well, he elected to bump and hit the dude in the head. And it's just lucky that he didn't take his head off. Him and Trent Cochin might be fucking having morning tea with each other yeah. because they have to, like, it's like the two of them sat down, grumpy old bastard style, and just gone, look, we're getting to the end. We're not as fast or as skillful as we used to be. What do you reckon we just snipe at people a bit more? <laughs> I just, I don't know. It just frustrates me that I think that if you're going to protect one superstar because it's good for the game, then yeah. protect all the superstars. Well, I think that you're right. What you're saying is right. If it was Buddy, they'd be trying to get him off. And when it's Toby, they try to convict him. Mm. And I think they have equal value to the game. Like, I think some people genuinely are bought into the narrative that Toby Green is a dirty player or whatever. He's not. He has these little moments, but it's not like every contest he's at. He's not like Craig Kelly style where he's like pinching people or whatever behind the play. Yeah. Like, he just plays... On the edge. On the edge. But like all the other good stuff we get out of him playing on the edge is, I mean, i got to be honest with you, I'm happy to look the other way a little bit on some (laughs) of the indiscretions based on like if he's still playing as well as he is on the field, there should be like it's, yeah, statistics have got a little, um, you know, like like out of whack now. You know, people are getting a whole bunch of possessions and it's a high possession game and like, Mm. You know, what used to be like huge numbers aren't even that huge. Sometimes they're really consistent numbers. So what if you got enough goals or or um, possessions and you got to a certain level where like you also got to elbow somebody in the head? I like it. You build up enough credits in the bank. Right, you get it's to credits. Do, yeah, you get to do one. one uh, okay, are we still protecting their head though? Yeah, I guess so. But like... If it's an accidental, so you could spend okay. your credits, for example. If it's a football, on, if it's a football action, 
right. but you still like injure the guy, then you can use your credits. You can use your credits. Like yeah. I, you I, can't I, just I punch it. Thirty six possessions. I've got six credits. It's like I mean, I'm imagining now possessions are like the currency in the John Wick universe. Okay, there's yeah. some sort of like gold medallion style thing that if you swap, that it's like okay, we're even. Yeah, and do you all right? Or, and, and do you sort of target? In the same way, if you went to a shooting range and like they'll have the you know the human target and they'll sort of you know you get higher points for certain areas. So right. like, Good. if you give someone a dead leg, yeah. I mean you're going to lose ten credits, <laughs> but you know if you punch someone in the ribs or something, that's thirty credits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 that, yeah exactly. The more damaging <laughs> it is, the more credits it is. You know what? If you save up your credits. Wasn't well, that what Alistair Lynch did in the 2004 Grand Final? <laughs> oh, yeah. He saved up his entire credits. That he, you know, Alistair Lynch did the equivalent of um, Adam Spencer when we were doing Triple J. He'd been at the ABC for so long and he hadn't taken a sick day. So he had six months or something of sick days that basically he would get paid for regardless up his sleeve. And so he could have like mid-season just gone, I'm going to have the rest of the year off and you're just paying me for the rest of the year on my sick days. That's, yeah, that's your credits. Yeah. I yeah. like this. Yeah. This is, this is a good idea. <laughs> I like. Well, what that also does, if we go back to a, a, an idea we floated in a previous season of Two Guys, One Cup, which is like you can bring back one player to be an enforcer, just a one-off game, then you could reach back to your old Reese Jones. Just bring back an expendable. Just bring them back. So it's grand final day. The Bulldogs are playing Melbourne. You give Danny Southern a call. <laughs> You're like, Danny. Can Dust off the boots. We're, we're going to draft. Yeah. Everybody's got no idea. He secretly recruits Danny Southern. Everyone's like, Danny's not even playing football anymore. Like, he's been like in Africa and stuff, hasn't he? And Bevo's like, I've got a plan. And Danny's just in the fucking gym, Rocky montage style. Like, yeah, Bevo's got him in like freezers, like punching meat and stuff like that. Well, and I, just I, training him for grand final day. I think, I think you've got Sylvester Stallone's right. You've got the wrong franchise. It's more Rambo. I think they travel. Bevo flies to Africa and he's been living in some kind of remote village. Right. But, you know, he fights villages that like, you know, they, they hear this like commotion. They go, There's Danny Southern shirtless. He's got broken glass, you know, uh, glued to his glove and he's just like taking dudes on in the village. Like, Danny, we've got one more mission for you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 2021 grand final. And Danny's like, are they playing that in front of a crowd? Jeez. <laughs> That's risky. What did you think about, um, I think it was Eddie's proposal, or at least Eddie said that what the AFL was considering was a ring of steel around the MCG. The idea yep. of there being basically like, um, you know, uh, a wall and you need a you need a vac- vaccine passport to get inside that little area so you can attend the September club <laughs> and go to the football. What was your take on that? Firstly, I mean, if there was a ring of steel, Sudden advantage to Collingwood. I know not for this year, but maybe they're lobbying. I mean, this is why Eddie's brought this up, clearly. He's looked at what Collingwood are good at, backs against the wall. Mm. And what is something that has walls on all sides? Yeah. A fucking ring of, ring steel. of steel. Build a wall. I, know, I mean, that, that's what I'm hearing there. But here's what I would say. Can you get people to get their COVID tests, then go inside a designated area, um, and then do that yeah i mean i think you probably can Mm. like i think you probably can but it would be a lot of like if something went wrong it's all fucked yeah there's high risk like the reward would be fine 
but it would not take very much to go wrong at all, particularly with like the how you know we know that now there's been outdoor cases of COVID transmission, like at the football. They just can't go into it going, oh, we're all outdoors, it's all going to be fine anyway. We'll just like you know QR codes and check in and whatever. No, that there's just I just don't think you could go to all the expense of trying to make that happen. Like without going, there's a fucking fair chance this will not happen. Is there a like a minimum number? that you would not like that you would say okay well it's no longer worth having an mcg just say they say look no more than twenty thousand. would you say well don't have it at the mcg then have it at like a smaller ground maybe move it to adelaide where twenty thousand is not going to stand out as much well i mean i think you firstly have to look at is there going to be a state that can guarantee that they can have a full stadium if there is if it's a western australia or a south australia or whatever then like you've got to consider that right yeah but i think that you've also just got to say hey adelaide oval are you ready to do it perth are you ready to do it because we might be making this call two weeks out because a we need to see what's going on with COVID, and b if the grand final happened to be two victorian teams and you could get twenty thousand at the mcg you'd probably play it at the mcg but if it's not two victorian teams i don't think that's enough people at the mcg no it's interesting, isn't it? Because just say they go to somewhere like WA, you know, who are, are real quick to sort of lock down and you get them over there a week before and then there's an outbreak or there's a positive case, like maybe in the community, not necessarily even. What happens then? Like, does that government that is so stringent on, no, we don't, you know, we make no exceptions, do they, do they just renege on the deal? Like, it's so... It's it's so. Well, um, I think they're going to just keep the players in a bubble and hope that they get like, you know, these COVID safe these David David Hughes unapproved <laughs> methods of going from state to state, not following the rules of everybody else. It's Hughesy is going to be very angry <laughs> at what the solution <laughs> might, might might be. Yeah, or maybe they just play at a suburban ground. Like maybe they should hub the players at like a resort that has a sporting field. So at the very least, okay, we, we can't get you to Optus Stadium, but we've got those little league goal posts that you can just like stick into the ground and we've got like an oval out the back of the resort. We're going to play the grand final there. No crowd. Well, I mean, it would be a... So, okay, so you quarantine everybody in this like, you know, place that has this footy oval in the middle... And you've mm-hmm. got both teams staying in this like campus or hotel or like whatever. The, yep. you know. Oh, that's good. Like a campus, like a university or something. Yeah. yeah. So they've been able to clear out everything else. You can bring in your sports scientists. There's gyms and stuff. Like both teams can like live there all week. You're quarantining. You're only playing in front of like, so all the medicos and all the support stuff and whatever would be able to go to the game, maybe family and stuff like that, that they might have in with them in the hub. So you're playing in front of like a couple of hundred people. On a small suburban ground, in the <laughs> AFL grand final. <laughs> it would be amazing. Just cars parked around the oval, honking the horns. I mean, the they'd let people come in their cars. You'd probably be able to get permission yeah. for people to come in their cars. Um, Will, I know we love a pocket profile, but before we get to the pocket profile, I have a sort of, a, it, it's, it's a version of a pocket profile. Okay. The uh, Brisbane Lions did a little feature on their website 
um, where they interviewed multiple teammates about traveling together in an article they've titled Things I've Learned About My Teammates. And we will get to the pocket profile pocket. No one should be alarmed about that. We will get to our regular um, our regular programming. But I just wanted to give you a crash course in the Great. Brisbane Lions players because it's just a bunch of like pop quiz type stuff. And I want to see how well you think you know uh, the Brisbane players. Now, I don't even know who this first player is. Okay. <laughs> do you know Kadeen? So, not a strong start. Do you know Kadeen Coleman? No, never heard of Kadeen Coleman. Okay. All right. So after a week on the road between two states, we thought we'd ask the boys what they've learned about their teammates while they've been away. Okay. So what do you think Kadeen Coleman learnt about his teammates while he's away? And it's um, I can tell you who the other teammate he's talking about. Okay. Because you won't know who this is either. I wouldn't. Jackson Pryor. Yeah. Jackson spelled J-A-X-O-N because he's an AFL player. And of course, he wouldn't spell it the normal way. <laughs> what is it that Caden Coleman learnt about Jackson Pryor? That he's got his shit rig. Oh, no, but you're in the right ballpark. No one loves the camera more than Jackson Pryor. Okay. Tom Fulton had an observation about Robbo, Mitch, Ro- Mitch Robinson. What did he observe about Mitch? And it has to do with his sleeping habits. Which is weird. Why are you watching Robbo sleep? <laughs> that he talks in his sleep? That he wears pink Peter Alexander PJs. Shut up. <laughs> Hard man. Mitch Robinson goes to bed in pink Peter Alexander PJs. Yeah. I think, no, man, I don't know if that's true. I think this is trying to pot his mate. Okay, Daniel Rich has an observation about Matho. Maybe like- not, though. Maybe it's like a, you know, a girl named Sue, a boy named Sue, right? Like Maybe that's like the Mitch Robinson thing. He goes to bed in these pink pajamas, and that's like the ultimate sign that he is He's masculine. Yeah, You're who's going to fuck, fuck with me? Yeah, well, I'm so comfortable with how fucking alpha I am. I'm also going to sleep in these beautiful pink silk pajamas. Tim, Tom Forden is <laughs> clearly not scared. Okay, Daniel Rich has an observation about Matho. I don't know who he's referring to, but yeah. Matho has a film franchise which he's in love with. What film franchise? And now I'll give you a hint. It's a horror film franchise Oh, that okay. started in, I, I think it started in the late 90s or the early 2000s. It's been around a while. Okay. Um, uh, Supernatural horror. Um, oh, okay. Is it um, the one where they die on roller coasters? Yes, it is. The Final Destination series. Final well done. Final Destination, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Dane Zorko does not like playing this card game with Dev Robertson. What is the car game and why doesn't he like playing with Dev? Um, Uno because he cheats. Pretty good. Never play Uno with Dev Robertson because he has a loose interpretation of the rules. I'm going to give you that one. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So Hugh McCluggage has just opened up the machine gun. He's given everyone a bit of a spray. So let's see. Who has he got here? Um, okay. All right. Okay. So um, he says uh, that... What sports does he think that the Brisbane Lions would be handy at? If they weren't a football team, what are some sports that he thinks that they've got players who are good at? Um, Three sports. They're oh, all handy okay. at. Uh, so are they all like proper sports? Or are they all proper sports? Thing? All all like professional organisations? Um, two, two are team sports. One is an individual sport, but... And then he names particular individuals in the team, like Oscar McInerney would be a good basketballer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, You don't have to name the players. Just name me the sports. Oh, okay. Um, Basketball. Correct. 
boxing? No. Mate, uh, they outlawed that. Have <laughs> you been reading the news? <laughs> uh, um, high jump? No. Mm. What's something that you might be playing in a hub a lot? Uh, what do you play in a hub a lot? Uh, soccer? No. Uh, um, can play it on your own or can play it with a... Can play it in... Golf? <laughs> golf? No. Tennis. No, tennis. Sorry. Yeah, What's tennis, the last one? Okay, Aussie, so we've done basketball, Aussie, Aussie, tennis. Aussie pastime. Is it a sport? Sorry, is it a golf? No. Aussie pastime. Oh, it's cr- cricket. 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 Cal Archie, Kitty, and Tom Fullerton are very good basketballers. Okay. okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure if this... If the, can you... Can you say Nuff? Like, is that... Are we still saying calling people Nuffies? Is that... Do we get away with that? I mean, I don't think we should be. Okay. I think I've been guilty of it in the past. Yeah. But, but I don't think we probably should be. All right. Look, I... Well, this is... I'm just quoting Hugh Luggage. Who yeah. does he... Which of his teammates does he describe as the biggest sports Nuff in Australia? So... Is it a player that I would know? Yes. Um... Is it like... Would be in the leadership group. Is it... Charlie Cameron? Dane Zorko. Yeah. Um, I can can imagine that. And which player loves the sound of his own voice on a bus trip? Uh, Mitch Robinson. No. Harris Andrews. That's interesting. Harris Andrews. Yeah, that's surprising, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, now this is great. Lockie Neal pots Chris Fagan here. <laughs> what controversial opinion does Chris Fagan have about Olympic athletes? <laughs> oh, that's a, a that they should be amateurs. No, no, it's a bit a bit simpler than that. A bit more black and white. Um, he thinks they're. Better than AFL footballers? <laughs> Fags doesn't rate athletes who don't win a medal at the Olympics. What? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Doesn't rate athletes who don't win a medal at the Olympics. If you don't, if you don't land if on the podium. you're not one of the top three people in the thing that you've pursued that everybody of the world has had a fucking crack at, then you are a fucking loser. <laughs> In Chris Fagan's eyes. That really goes against what my understanding of Chris Fagan is. I just sort of think this is cuddly, like, you know, grandfatherly, like, you know, just have a go, mate. But no. It's amazing. They just came fourth in the world. Loser. Loser. Do not rate them. What did Reese Matheson observe about the Berry Boys? Is this Chris Fagan thing? Is this kind of some sort of psychology, right? Like, so he. He obviously, to the team, he can't say you guys are losers if you don't make the grand final, right? Which you know so, is not a, which is not, which is fairly accurate because they've played what two prelims in the last two years. They haven't quite right. made it to the grand final. But he can't say to them, he can't go, you know, like it's still pretty good. Like you know yeah. what you guys, you want to keep like, their morale like, up. Yeah, exactly. He, he's this like father figure, but what he's doing is sending them this subtle message. Yeah, of going. Hey, the Olympics are on, boys. You see that person who came fourth, that loser yeah. in fourth place yeah. that I don't respect or rate in any way. Anyway, love you guys. Yeah. And there's no subliminal messages going on here. It's like that prick of a husband who like comments on other women's bodies to sort of guilt his wife into losing weight. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Isn't that the same shirt that you own? Yeah. Mm, she fits into it, doesn't she? Anyway, you guys I love. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> love you guys. Uh, what's Reese Matheson's observation about the Berry Boys? Um, and it's something you might say about a child under five. They don't follow rules. They shit their pants. <laughs> <laughs> no, they need two naps a day. Um, okay, Matho is uh, in the gun sights again. Uh, this time Jared Berry uh, has an observation about Matho. What is it about his sleeping habits that's really annoying? <laughs> he snores. His silent breathing is so loud. It's like he's snoring in my ear. What is silent breathing? Right. Oh, so it's not when he's sleeping. It's just in his normal No, life. I think like when he's sleeping, he's like, instead of like, he's not snoring. He's not like. Right. It's just like, that. Oh, yeah, that would be annoying. Okay. Charlie Charles Cameron. Yes. Has an observation about Daniel Rich, which again. Is something you might say about a child. It's about a sleeping habit. See, if it was on Twitter, it would say something like, <laughs> gun, hashtag, go storm. Yeah. That's what it would say. He would say. But what was your clue? Uh, it's something, again, it's something you might say about a child, a child's sleeping habits. What does Daniel Rich do at night that you might also say about a child um, when he goes to bed? He cries every two hours. <laughs> Shits the bed. <laughs> Needs to be breastfed. <laughs> um, no, um, it's something that a child might might ask you to do because they're feeling scared. Um, he wants to sleep in your bed with you. <laughs> <laughs> Can I sleep in with you? <laughs> He sleeps with the lights on. Okay, Daniel Rich fires back. <laughs> What's his observation about Charlie Cameron? And it's um, it's something that he uh, neglects to do in the gym. And it's something that a bro uh, might say about you. A yeah, bro. he skips something day. He skips yeah. leg day. He skips he leg skip, day. He skips leg day. <laughs> All right, Robbo's on. Robbo's stepping up now. Uh, Robbo's going to make an observation about himself because that sounds like something that Robbo would do. Um, what did Robbo learn about himself? Um, fair to say it's tongue-in-cheek, I would, I would suggest. Um, but he rates himself quite highly in a particular sport. That I am the best... Basketballer in Correct. The I could team? potentially have played professional basketball. Um, Smoke and Joe, Joe Danaher, has an observation uh, about Dane Zorko. Um, and it's something to do with um, Dane, uh, Dane Zorko's morning habit. Um, it's something to do with Dane Zorko's mood. Pertaining to a morning habit. That Dane Zorko is grumpy before coffee? Perfect. Exactly. Well done. Jackson Pryor. He has an observation about Dev, Devin Robertson. Uh, again, 
Uno seems to have caused a lot of friction <laughs> amongst these amongst these Brisbane Lions. Um, so what's Jackson Price's observation about Devin Robertson? And he also pots uh, Stasevich uh, in this in this observation. Um, well, sorry, um, Dev, Devin's observation is to do with Uno. Stas's is to do uh, with another holiday um, game. No, I just gave you the clue. Then <laughs> I just mimed it for you. <laughs> I didn't mean to. I, I, that wasn't a great mime. That okay, could have great. been a lot of things. That okay. was like he's flamboyantly <laughs> showing people what the prizes are in the gift shop on Sale of the Century because that's what it kind of seemed like you did then. Yeah. Table tennis, I'm going to say, though. Yes. Was it table tennis? Yeah. So what is it about uh, Stas and table tennis? Um, Stas is shit at table tennis. That's correct. Um, it's not hard. So, Once you sort of get into the zone, it's generally you're shit at this. You've so got a weird head. Old mate is shit at Uno, but not as shit as uh, Stas is at table tennis. No, Dev's a compulsive cheater. Oh, yeah, <laughs> when it comes to Uno. Um, okay. Zach Bailey has an observation about both Charles Cameron and Mitch Robinson. And again, it's something you might use to describe a child. Um. A child's eating habits. That they let's just eating, they're gone. fussy eaters. Close. Um, let's just say that between Charles Robin, Charles Cameron, Charlie Cameron, and Mitch Robinson might have a high chance of scurvy. They don't eat a lot of vegetables. They don't. Lot. He's never seen them eat a vegetable. Um. Okay. So Callum Archie is just again just rip, fired up the machine gun. <laughs> He's really gone into quite a bit of detail about someone called Cocky. Uh, I don't know. Is there someone at the Lions called Cocky? Let's just say there is. By Johnny- the way, never has there been something that sums up whatever the fuck this show is. More than the fact that like two weeks ago, we both left Brisbane out of our final eight. <laughs> and now we're spending 20 fucking minutes just like running through what they said about each other in an article. <laughs> Um, all right, so Kalamachi has an observation about cocky, um, and he goes into great detail. I mean, I'm not even sure cocky would be happy with this information being shared. Oh, okay, um, but again, it's something you might—an observation you might make about a child. <laughs> it's the common theme with all of these. Um, uh, uh, it's an observation you might make about a child who is struggling at school. Um. Struggling in a particular subject. Struggling at maths. Um, he can't add up. He, um, he, oh no, I don't know. Cocky doesn't know his nine times tables. We were making up our own riddles the other day and it was Cocky's turn and his answer was COVID-19. No one could work it out because one of his clues was nine plus nine equals... <laughs> It's like one of my clues to you for a pocket profile. <laughs> uh, and Callum's not done yet. He continues. He thought nine plus nine was 19. Stick to footy, bruz. <laughs> wow. All right, mate. Calm down. Everyone's allowed to make a mistake. All right. Harris Andrews. He's got an observation about Zach Bailey. Uh, and Oscar McInerney. So we'll go Zach Bailey first. And again, it's an observation you might make about a child. <laughs> okay, that he's an annoying little pest. A child's sleeping habits? Um, that he needs a nap. Uh, a child that might be scared? <laughs> <laughs> that he needs to sleep at the bottom of your bed with you. 
<laughs> Zach Bailey sleeps with a nightlight. And what's the observation about Oscar McInerney? The big O, that he's um, tall. <laughs> <laughs> that he's the funniest guy at the club. Oh, um, I can imagine that. I really? like that. Yep. Um, okay, Link McCarthy. What's an observation about Link McCarthy? Um, that uh, so what's it? What area are we in here? Um, he watches a TV show, a morning TV show, every morning. Oh, okay. He's a big fan of Sunrise. That's correct. And Jared Lyons has an observation about Matthew and Fullerton. Um, that could also be a early two thousands Farrelly Brothers movie. <laughs> That he thinks they're stepbrothers? They're joined at the hip. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, how do you feel like you've got a better idea of, of the Brisbane Lions after that? Not bad, actually. Like I, like, I get a bit of their vibe. Didn't mind that. It was like banter, but it wasn't like too offensive. Like, sometimes, <laughs> like, when we hear these sort of pocket pro, the, 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 like this beat in the pocket profile, you're always like, oh, some of start. you guys don't really know where the line is. Yeah, <laughs> This stuff is a bit harsher written down than I imagine you thought it was when you like said it out loud. But I, I felt like that was like, oh, they all get along. They're all having a good time. Like it feels pretty fun. All right, let's get into the pro... pro- oh. All right, let's get into the pocket profile, pocket proper, Will. Um, now, we missed Travis Boke's 300th a few weeks ago. I'm not even sure if we congratulated him, but I do love Travis Boke. What a what a, what an amazing footballer. Goes to America each summer and just gets fitter and fitter. Uh, one of the oldest people going around. Um, uh, so we've got a little... One of the oldest people going around. <laughs> yeah, that's all I know about Travis Boke. I'm hoping to learn a bit more. He's a really good footballer. He's I really actually footballer. really admire Travis Boke, and I think... Absolutely, for the reasons you said. He's become, he was at a point in his career where they were clearly easing him out of the middle and to be one of those sort of, you know, got a you can run out the or... rest of your career on a halfback flank, you know, sort yeah. of thing. And he was just like, I don't reckon I'm done yet. And he is certainly not fucking done. Um, it's interesting. We had a bit of mail from someone over during the week who said that um, we talked about how David Mundy has like perfect WA air and. Ollie Wines has perfect South Australian hair. And he said, you know, they're both from Victoria. <laughs> I was like, oh, right. Yeah. I did not know yeah, that. That's, that doesn't matter. <laughs> you just represent your state now, the state you're exactly. in. Exactly. Okay. How well do you think you know Travis Boke? Not at all. Okay. Well, this is a shorter pocket profile. I thought it would fit in well with the Brisbane Lion one. So um, let's start with his name. Travis Boke. Correct. What junior club did he play for? Do you know where he's from originally? Uh, I'm going to say, yeah, I do actually, okay. because the Geelong players went over to try to recruit that is him correct. on that secret mission. And so I assume that is because he's from the Geelong region. So Geelong Falcons? Mm, yeah. Uh, n- not Geelong Falcons. This is probably a more suburban club. What's a pristine bit of real estate? outside of Geelong where do all the players end up buying houses when the, the Bowen the, hits no 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 there's a there's a cooler there's a cooler kind of surf town on the Torquay Torquay that's where he played his footy okay what is his favorite holiday destination and I think Torquay is a good indicator if you think about Hawaii. what people yeah Hawaii perfect all right good off to a good start. I like it. The shorter pocket profile. I think this is, this suits you. Well, you you're kind of you're like a Jake Stringer. You're good in short bursts. We'll just chuck you in the middle. Just get to just get some momentum going. Okay. What is your worst habit? 
Um, and this is something that Jordan Peterson, I imagine, would have issue with. Jordan Peterson would say this is the that first he thing. he does not make his bed in the morning. He doesn't clean his room. He, he hates cleaning clean his, his room. room. Yeah. Um, we haven't had this in a long time. What's his favorite carb? Good. This I One of my favorite pocket profile questions. <laughs> so whenever we do a pocket profile and they don't go to what's his favorite carb, <laughs> I am disappointed in that pocket profile. If I could do a shout out to the pocket profile community, I know one of the big ones is what's your favorite movie? By the way, should be compulsory in every pocket profile, but also mm. what's your favorite carb? Like there are filler questions on these pocket profiles that I'm not interested in at all, but I am always interested in favorite carb. So... I don't think he's a big carb man, probably, like nah. because like he's totally into his fitness. So he's not going to eat a lot of bread, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's probably some sort of carb that still fit people eat. Am I in the right direction? Or is this like a uh, blowout carb? Is this like I, a... No, I think this is pretty much like a meal prep, like a, like a before yeah. you play a, a game carb. So it'd be like um, some sort of like pasta... Um, is he like a spaghetti bolognese? Well, look, I mean, guy? you've got it. You just it's pasta. He just oh, loves pasta. pasta. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so right. well done. This is great. I think you're uh, six for six so far. This is this is impressive. You having a bit of a two meter Peter day out here. <laughs> it's just uncharacteristic. <laughs> just can't miss. Um. Okay. What does Ken Hinckley often say? So it's a Ken Hinckley saying. Um. Now it's probably from this quote. It's probably fair to say. Uh, that Ken Hinckley does not believe the universe is random. Um, I think he believes it's a deterministic universe. <laughs> so, uh, what what is, what is Ken Hinckley saying? Um, I'll, let's see if I can get another clue. Um, I think there's a... I'm sure it's a song lyric, but I can't think of the song. Um, but it's something to do with karma. How about that? Um, something about you get what you deserve. Correct. Seven yep. out of seven. Will Anderson. Brilliant. This is really, really exciting. <laughs> I hope everyone's listening. Clues. These are good clues. This okay. is what I'm saying because I've actually had no real beat on Travis Boak. I think this is more about the... Qu- you know what it's been? Impeccable delivery. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you know what it is? I think you've done a preseason. This is the first... Pocket profile. We did the we did the Brisbane Lions warm up. That was warm just up. like the preseason nab cup, you know, AFLX. Didn't really matter. You could just get Lighting your hands around. dirty, speed not, dating. No, but no one really cared. Like you could have a, yeah. a few stabs and just like there was no pressure. And now you're sharp and ready for the proper season, which is great. Okay, who is his most underrated teammate? Um, defender, captain. Uh, yes. Um, uh, oh. It's not unusual to have this guy. He's your Tom captain. Jonas. Yes, <laughs> that's another good clue. Um, right, I was getting to that anyway. My brain was just rolling through. I had him in my mind. I just had to put the name to the face. I thought you might have gone for Darcy Byrne Jones because he's appeared in the pocket profiles previously. But uh, well done. What's his greatest moment in football? And I think he would. He did not play. He wouldn't have played the two. I mean, I know he's old, but I'm pretty sure he didn't play in the 2004 Grand Final. Well, so it's 
Not complicated, this one. Just don't overthink it. His greatest moment of football. Uh, the grand final. The... No, no. <laughs> don't have overthink they... it. I don't think they've played in a grand final, have they? No. Um, just don't overthink so... it. Like, if you're a footballer, your greatest moment, it was just... Your first game. Your first game. Which teammate would pick themselves first? I was like, when I came second in the Brownlow medal? <laughs> That's more exciting than your first game, mate. Um, what teammate would pick themselves first? I'm oh, sorry. What teammate would pick themselves in AFL fantasy? Okay. So. Um, vocal warm-up. Vocal warm-up. Um, uh, has an alliterative name. Yeah. No. Uh, Aaliyah Aaliyah. Mm, close. Ah, no. No, no. I should I should have um, uh, let you know that this was done in 2019. So literally oh, yeah, it was okay. not playing for that. <laughs> so another player, another player with an alliterative name, um, but it's not all beginning with the same letter. It's a triple barrel name. Um, Darcy Burne-Jones. Sam Pal Pepper. Oh, yeah, Sam Pal Pepper. Yeah, okay. Which teammate has the worst dress sense? Um, and this is pretty... Uh, timely and topical. This this guy has, I believe, just announced his retirement. Um, Port, Ad- Port Adelaide player just announced yeah. their retirement. It was originally came from a Queensland club. Um, and has just announced his retirement today, I believe. Oh, no, I missed that, so I don't know. Tom Rocky Rockliffe. Oh, you know what? I did see that, by the way. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that was a good clue. Sorry. No, I, well, I pretty I much told you exactly that. who it was. You yeah. just had to pick the one Port Adelaide player to announce their retirement. No, no, no. I mean, well, it was a good clue because I thought I hadn't seen the story, but I absolutely had seen the story. So, no, that was beautiful delivery yet again. <laughs> Lace out. I fumbled that one. Yeah. You know what I did, Charlie? I spent, spent it, it before you had it. <laughs> <laughs> um, which teammate would you hate to room with on away trips and why? Oh, okay. Um, is it someone who snores? It's someone is, who's been previously mentioned. Um, so, uh, is it Tom Rockcliffe? It is Tom Rockcliffe. Why is he terrible to room away with? He talks in his sleep. He's because he tries to sleep in my bed. <laughs> He's scared <laughs> of the dark. <laughs> He's a pest. He's just a pest. Okay, now. Keeping in mind that this was done two years ago, so this player is no longer at the club. The teammate with the best set shot, and it was fair to say in his final years, this guy seemed to like having shots <laughs> of all kinds, Will. Uh, only played at the power for a couple of years. Much vaunted high draft pick at another club. Much maligned at his previous club. Um, and- Came to Port Adelaide was photographed in Germany or at least at a one of those oh, October Jack Fest. Watts. Jack Watts. Wow. That makes sense. He was a good shot, a good kick, good set yeah, shot. Yeah, he was. Don't you reckon I, Jack Watts? Like I, I've actually like got a whole Mandela thing where it's like hard for me to remember that Jack Watts played at Port Adelaide. For it's hard reason. to remember that Jack Watts played AFL football. <laughs> it's stop. weird. It feels like a different game. <laughs> Yeah. It feels like the game's moved on from, like, whatever that was, and it's a whole new era. Do you think Jack Lacocious is the new Jack Watts? It's a, They're similar kinds of players, beautiful kicks, mm-hmm. but just kind of 
dull. <laughs> well, not off the field. No. I don't know. We should find out what Jet Lacocious is up to. His pocket profile was the most boring thing I've ever fucking heard in my entire life. <laughs> you think he's running cover? Might be. Um, all right. Now, this is brilliant because I think this answers a lot of questions. Um, uh, in previous, in, in the previous uh, uh, Darcy J- Byrne Jones player profile, that where, that's where we first found out about the shit rig. And we wondered where had that come from? Well, it turns out on the Port Adelaide website, in their pocket profile, they have a question, which teammate has the worst rig? <laughs> it's an actual <laughs> question. So... Will, which of his teammates has the worst rig? So it's not Darcy Byrne-Jones? No. Um, is it someone who's been mentioned already? No. He's okay. a, uh, I would say he's a, a mercurial, uh, pacey, half-forward flank slash winger. Um, and this is like previous to Orazio being there, right? Yeah, yeah. Played at another club. Started his career at another club. Motlop? Stephen Motlop. Shit rig. Stephen shit rig and Motlop. <laughs> now, you asked before about what is the favorite movie. We have a favorite movie here. Oh, great. Good. Um, I believe this has been mentioned once before, but if not, it's an action. I wouldn't say it's an action classic, but it is one of those Bruckheimer era, sort of late 90s, bloated Bruckheimer style action movies star studded Pearl Harbor Armageddon earlier earlier than that Armageddon you're getting warmer in that same kind of milieu as Armageddon where they just cast a whole bunch of like legitimate actors in a crappy action film in fact I believe the lead in it was an Oscar winner In fact, there might have been two Oscar winners in it. Well, there's definitely Oscar nominees all through it. Um, let me see if I can give you a... Put the bunny back in the box. Put the bunny back in the box. <laughs> is that not helping at all? I mean, it absolutely is. Like, because I know the reference, but I just cannot place it in my mind. What is it? Conair. Oh, fuck yeah, of course. Okay. Uh, what's his hidden talent? And this is a trick question. Well, his answer is it's a, he, he makes it into a trick question. His hidden talent? That it's it's hidden. I can't tell you. I have no talent. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's his cover story. Uh, does he have any pets? Yes. Yep. What has he got? Two dogs. No, he has one dog, and its name is Sunny, or Sunny. Uh, what are your passions and interests outside of football? Um, two sports, one biological necessity. <laughs> Eating? Shitting, actually. <laughs> Love shitting. I just can't wait. Just- you know After what? A big pasta, a big a pasta very meal. high carb and protein diet, and I'm just doing a lot of shitting, and I find it quite pleasurable. I'm sitting down, I'm losing weight. It's you know, it's it's a release from my body. I just love shitting. All right, so we eat, we shit, we die. <laughs> That's his 
his other favourite pastime? Laugh. He loves yeah. to laugh. No, he, he likes to sleep. Um, okay. And what are the two sports he loves outside of football? I think one of them has been hinted at way earlier on. Uh, oh, earlier on in this. Now, it, the Brisbane one's bleeding not, into not, this not, one now. No, not the Brisbane one. You've had a long day, I know. We're um, almost done. Uh, golf, tennis. Um, golf is correct. And the other golf, one, yep. think about where he lives or where, where he, sorry, where Surfing? he Surfing? Yes, he likes to surf. And what would you be doing if you weren't an AFL footballer? And again, he gives a trick answer. Um, I, so I'd be doing nothing. Shits, big shits. <laughs> shits. Shitting all day. Not having to go to training. Just get up in the morning, start shitting, shit all day, go to bed. Maybe uh, watch Con Air. Have a little shit before bed (laughs) and have a sleep, get back to shitting. Uh, He says he has no idea what he'd be doing if it wasn't for football. Right. Um, All right. Before we wrap up, let's get to the mailbag. If you want to uh, send us a mail, you can follow us on Twitter at at twoguysonecupafl. Um, We're on Twitter and Instagram at the same handle. In fact, actually, um, I should let people know I'm going to do another Instagram live this Friday. So there's a few Two Guys, One Cup uh, people who jumped on that last week and asked some football questions. More than happy to do some more football questions. So um, if you go to at Tofop on Instagram, uh, Friday afternoon, I'll I'll put a little um, uh, notification up to letting you know the exact time. But uh, this Friday, I'll be doing an Instagram live. And you can also go to Tofop.com to check out some of our other great podcasts. Uh, Will does one called Willosophy. Who's on this week, Will? Luke McGregor, um, who is just so awesome. We talk about economics and its relationship to like how society operates. It's a fucking cool, deep chat. He's super funny, but also super intelligent. So um, I highly recommend that one. Who's on Fofop this week? Nick Mason, one half of the excellent podcast, The Weekly Planet. He came on this week and uh, we talked about everything that it was it was such an interesting conversation uh as you've pointed out uh, on our other show tovop nick is one of the funniest and smartest people so going around and so he's a great guest and we also have a new episode of tovop that came out yesterday where we go into some of the most famous celebrity beefs celebrity celebrity feuds of all time and will hands down his judgment on each one it was fun and we still have some more on the list so i so think more we'll to do go. it again next week um yes but let's get to the mailbag now so this is from charlie he says i love how will and charlie i mean this is great because he's just sending it out to the it's not writing to us specifically this is just into the you know the ether i love how will and charlie bang on about the obvious predictability of the breakdown of the mitchell working under clarko and then proceed to wax lyrical about how brilliant an idea it would be if he went to the gold coast suns and worked with dewey yeah, but I think that would be a different relationship. I think what we were pointing out is that Sam Mitchell and Clarko have a quite combative relationship, whereas Stuart Jew and Clarko seem quite fond of each other. Well, because of that shared piece of history as well. Yeah. Like, you know, they're both Hawthorne Football Club heroes who haven't got bad blood towards each other. So, no, it's like a real prodigal son situation is what I'm imagining here. Like, you know. Yeah. Well, not prodigal son. It's more like a superhero team up. It's like, you know, Rasha Ghoul joins forces with Batman and together yeah, they fight point. the big bat. Yeah. <laughs> Katie wants to know, how tall is Peter Wright? I have not been able to locate these details about him. <laughs> I think he's actually taller than two metres. I think that is actually the lie about two metre Peter. Two metre Peter is like 
um, taller than that. I'm going to find out uh, how tall he actually is. While you're doing that, I've got another question here. It's from James. Is Josh Bruce's ACL injury a sign that the Bulldogs' backs are approaching the wall? And if so, is that a good omen for their premiership chances? I don't know you can put the backs against the wall trope onto the Bulldogs. I think the underdog, the scrappish from the West works well. So yeah, I think it could work in their favor. Yeah, I think so. I think we play better as underdogs. Uh, Sean says, in light of the lightning 203 strikes- centimetre, Peter. Doesn't have the same ring to it. <laughs> I mean, it's not too bad. 203 centimetre, Peter. That's what I'm going to call him from now on. Uh, Sean says, in light of the lightning strike stopping play in Perth and expected increases in these events with climate change, does the AFL need to build more contingencies to work around natural disasters and what should they be? It's a good point. I mean, we're going to have more extreme weather conditions going forward. So I guess... I don't know, like we just play football games underground from now on. We just build no. bunkers. We incorporate the new elements. Oh, yeah, like, that's a good it's idea. Been, you know what I mean? Like we already wanted to have a lightning round. <laughs> well, now we can have a lightning round with actual lightning. Like, I mean, can you imagine? Like, yeah, at the moment, like we play in all these stadiums. Like it's rare that you get to a Ballarat or like a Tasmania or whatever and play where the wind might affect the game, you know. Um, wow, man, climate change, you know, like, you know, Bulldogs are good, but does their style stack up on a 50-degree day? <laughs> you know? <laughs> Matt wants to know, is the first time is it the first time players have left halfway through the last quarter instead of the fans from the game on Monday night? Which players are you talking about? Melbourne or um, Melbourne or West Coast? Is that because Melbourne let the, the Eagles back in? Not really no, sure. I think that's more just that they oh, have to go the, off the field the because of the lightning. All right. Uh, Jim wants to know, with many cryptocurrency vendors now sponsoring many different teams, should other types of imaginative businesses get involved with sponsorship? Maybe Healing Crystals Inc. can sponsor North and Essential Oil Limited can help GWS. There are no wrong answers. I'd okay. love to see that. Just absolutely like no limit on who can sponsor an AFL team. Okay, but here's what I am actually going to say is this has reminded me of a story that we needed to get to today and that we did not get to, but I am now going to get to. Uh, All right, I won't even read uh, the headline because I'd like you to just hear it unfold and see if you know this story. In the 11 years since he retired from the AFL, do you know who I'm talking about? Yes, I do. Ex-Brisbane Lions star Jason Ackermanis hasn't given up on fame and has since turned his attention to what charlie cryptocurrency last tuesday a new australian cryptocurrency called zoocoin launched which mr Akamanis has been marketing and he also owns a portion of the coins he expects it charlie to make how much uh like i don't know like is it per share or the or just no, like i guess this is the value of the entire Company. venture like, um at five billion <laughs> so higher <laughs> oh the fuck off really i was being wow i was using hyperbole and i was wrong six uh, billion okay all right to make in excess acker this is yeah. he expects it to make in excess of six billion dollars <laughs> they're reporting this in the newspaper as if this is a real thing so <laughs> this is acker now it's simply a much better product than Bitcoin, Mr. Akamanis told news.com.au, expecting it to rock the crypto world in the coming months. <laughs> Charlie, do you? You're not like a cryptocurrency. Investor. No, but Jim so, is. Like this, 
Jamie, she's been heavily into crypto. She's been like, she's deep into it. She's uh, started a little uh, portfolio and she's been investing. She's bought, she's done, actually done quite well out of it. <laughs> okay. Well, great then. This is even a higher stakes scenario. Yep. Do you go to Gem and say, I know you've got a little nest egg that you've been making out of your crypto. I've got a hot tip for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's called ZooCoin. What's it called? ZooCoin. real reliable character behind it. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Uh, it's a better product. Um, the biggest problem in crypto, we call them the triennial problem. Okay. You've got cost speed. It takes four minutes or four hours to mine crypto. Yeah. And then you've got scalability, right? So I was explaining what the problems in the industry are. And obviously, Aka, he's a disruptor, right? Like he's a man who sees the world from different angles when he's doing a handstand. He probably yeah, does right. handstands to see in the, world. the meetings just yeah. to go, I'm going to look at this from a different direction. And that's yeah, his genius, totally. right? Zucoin. By the way, I just, you know what I love? Maybe he's right, but I love the idea that the biggest, most advanced technical minds in like finance and technology are working on cryptocurrency at the moment. Like it's Elon Musk between going into space is trying to work out his crypto game. And you know who thinks he's actually worked out something that not, hasn't occurred to any of those people? Acker. Acker. Apparently Acker one day was just like, I reckon Elon's missed something. <laughs> so, all right. Um, ZooCoin solves every problem, Charlie. Oh, great. Yeah. The cost is a text message. The speed is an instant now, this is where, I mean, this to me is amazing if it is true. ZooCoin has been running four years in the making and investors have spent how much money to get it up and running? Uh, is it in the millions? It's in the millions. 50 million. Not that high, 23 million. Mr. Akamanis says they've already made that money back in the week since the platform launched. In a week, they made $23 million. There are 1,843 people who have purchased at least one zoo coin at the time of writing. A lot of them are investors who bought the coins off the market. Like, is Acker involved in a legitimate thing here? I don't know. I, I don't like, know. I'm, I'm not casting aspersions. I Maybe this is absolutely 100% legitimate, but I just am not the sort of person that if I heard this story would be like, here's some of my money. Can you give me your imaginary coins, Acker? Like, yeah. this is... But, like, if he's made... Has he made, has he made $23 million in a week? Is there any way that that is possibly true? Well, I don't think he owns all the shares in the company. I mean, I imagine... I mean... Well, then he hasn't made that money because that's what they've spent. So they've recouped twenty three. Well, that's million. what I mean, though. Has the company yeah. made $23 million in a week? I don't know. I don't understand. Gemma's been trying to explain it to me, but I get, I, I don't understand a lot of, of how crypto works. Okay. Bitcoin is worth $59 uh, million. $59 million? Um, Ethereum is worth... 3,000, nearly 4,000. Yeah. Um, despite the volatility of the market, ZooCoin, unlike its rivals, cannot drop below $60 per coin. We put in software where you can't sell for less than $60. 
So, again, has this not occurred to the legitimate people who are running these sort of businesses that, that you can just do this thing? Or has Acker come up with a hack? Is this a classic hacker? Is he hacker manners <laughs> where he's come into the system and spotted something that technology and finance geniuses around the world have not noticed? I mean, it could be. I guess, like, he did sort of revolutionise the role of Rover Mate, <laughs> in the what, football. So, can you maybe imagine, he's going to revolutionise finance. Can you imagine if it turns out, like, I mean, let's go best case scenario, and this is all fucking tr- true and legit, yeah. and Jason Akermanis is about to become, like, like the Mike Cannon-Brooks of the <laughs> AFL, and instead of, like, him being a Brownlow medalist being the biggest chapter in his life, he's actually, like, this, like, tech finance billionaire who also used to play AFL football. I mean, he's got the personality of a flamboyant millionaire. Like, if there was going to be a modern-day Jeffrey Edelstein, Aka fits the bill, right? Doesn't he? Like, you could totally see that, driving a a pink Ferrari. Now, the guy, (laughs) this is just a little twist in the tail. That's all I would say. Um, So... Acker says if he sold up all his crypto now, he estimates he'd have about a quarter of a million dollars in his pocket. But ever the savvy businessman, they say, without any emojis or any italics, he has no plans to sell. The key is to buy regularly and hold through the highs, through the lows, he said. Never selling, just keep buying. Only put in whatever you're prepared to lose. That's sound advice. Is it? After his football career ended, Mr. Akamanis entered the world of foreign exchange. It was here he became involved with. Oh, God. Notorious businessman Alan Endres, who was convicted of stock market manipulation in the 90s. <laughs> ah, there it is. And is now embroiled in a racehorse scandal from last year. <laughs> the two men created Zucats an augmented reality company inspired by watching teenagers walk down the street as part of the game Pokemon Go. Oh, so, my God. He's again, worked, he started in virtual world. reality and has pivoted. And, and this, like, shonky businessman looking at all the kids playing Pokemon Go and just going, we're going to start a business. We're going to get a slice of that. We're going to wet, wet our beaks a little. <laughs> um, Zucoin derived its name from Zucat. So... This company that he got into with this guy is what's behind this coin that just apparently made $23 million last week. That's hilarious. I, you know, I trust Akam. I mean, he hasn't got a cause to Yeah, Has he ever let anyone down before? Like when, I suppose he let the Bulldogs down, didn't he? Didn't you guys have to sack him in the end because he just kept, wouldn't stop? No, that was the Lions. He wouldn't stop talking to the press. He yeah, but stop. no, but then he went to the Bulldogs and yeah, same Did you thing. Suck him too? Got everyone offside and then like told all these out of school stories about <laughs> everybody. Like, sorry, I've, I've read down to the bottom. I need to just read you the last bit. Oh, yeah. So they, while they created Zucats, the base of their operations was in Albury in regional New South Wales, where they right. employed a local IT guy called Ro- Robert Novak. <laughs> Novak was the one who designed the software which makes Zucoin possible. He's the brains of the operation, Mr. Akamanis said. The real genius isn't any of us. It's the software engineer, Robert Novak. Okay. He said, repeating his name for the authorities, <laughs> Robert <laughs> Novak. <laughs> wow. 
Good stuff. All right, let's take a couple more questions and then we'll wrap it up. Um, Charlie, would you rather see the Saints play bad every week and miss the finals or see them play as well as they did last week and still miss the finals? What hurts more? Um, I would rather see them play well and miss the finals because that will always give me hope for the future. Uh, and Clarky wants to know, are GWS taking over Collingwood as back-to-the-wall specialists? Are they? I don't know that they have. I reckon that they've 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 crapped the bed quite a few times this year. GWS. They had one. They've won one game with the backs against the wall. It takes a lot more than that to take Collingwood's mantle. I think Collingwood. Uh, that was a fucking victory. Great like, game. Like I mean, with all those players out, like at Geelong, it was. I mean, if Geelong had kicked straight, it would have been a very different scenario. But I still loved. Like that made me have a level of affection for GWS that I probably haven't recently had for GWS. Yeah, I was I, like, this is cool. I'm into this. Like, yeah, I, well done. I, I wrote Leon Cameron off at the start of the year. I was so sure his papers were stamped, but I think he's done a great job. He's had a lot of um, uh, a lot of obstacles this year, and I think he's pulled yeah, that team it's together. It's a good story. they got really a well. bunch of good young players. All right, that is Two Guys, One Cup for this week. Don't forget, tomorrow afternoon, or when you listen to this, today, this afternoon, Thursday afternoon, <laughs> is our tips 5 p.m. on Two Guys, One Cup AFL on Instagram. We do a, a live video every Thursday where we give our tips, which are normally pretty wrong. Uh, we'll be doing that again tomorrow unless something tr- drastic happens, which in the current state of the world could be. So just, yeah. you know, we'll let you know. <laughs> just keep your eyes peeled. <laughs> Ear to the ground. Uh, have you got anything to plug, Will, your show? Uh, I have a new television show. It starts next uh, Wednesday night, 8.30 on the ABC. It is called Question Everything. We did our final dress rehearsal uh, today, which is, I apologize, I am very tired, but um, it's been a long day. But it is, yeah, um, give it a chance. Have a look. That would be cool. <laughs> I mean, give it like, a chance. There's, oh, well, a, there's a confident endorsement if I've ever heard one. Please. Here's what I would say is it's not the show I imagined when I imagined the show. I thought there was going to be an audience and all these like things that aren't part of the show anymore, but. I think the show itself is really entertaining and I hope that people will find it entertaining. I'm sure it's going to be great. Check it out. It starts next week on the ABC. That's right. Next week, is it? Yeah, that's right. We're on the 11th. Um, Play on, not 15. Bo. We are two guys, one car.